1: Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. And joining me back, back, because he can never get out. It's been a long time. As podcast producer is Matt Belknap. Hello, Hello. Matt. How's it going? Okay.
2: Yeah, oh, that sounds...
1: Sort of okay. What's wrong? Well... You know. I have uh, Matt Price here, too. He is an actor and a writer, and we are going to be talking to him. But, you know, you came in saying you had a bone to pick with me, I Matt Belknap.
2: I do. Yes.
1: But I... Now I think I have a bone to pick with you.
2: Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, who wants to pick first?
1: Well, okay, go ahead.
2: Well, I... Do I get to be the judge in this? Yeah. Little, uh, no, because I already know your opinion. This little playlet?
1: <laughs> I don't know. You seem to be on both of our sides, though.
2: That's kind of true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but uh, I'm
0: also impartial in general.
2: <laughs> oh, if you can be impartial as a writer, <laughs> um, I... Heard from your husband that you loved the movie Les Miserables. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Is that how you say Miserables? Yeah. Okay. Um,
2: and I thought it was awful. And I never saw the play. I don't. I have no familiarity with the music or the show or anything like that. I just sat down and watched. It. I gave it as much of a, a chance and, and kept my mind as open as I could for as long as I could. But eventually, it beat me down. Uh, with and and I admit I'm not a huge musical guy. Oh, I do yeah. like I do like some musicals. Mm. I, I do love West Side Story, for example.
1: Da-da-na. Da-da-na.
2: <laughs> I mean I mean the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was is that West
1: Side Story? That was, da-da, da-da. <laughs> no, There's a little yeah. refrain right
2: there. Yeah. There you go. Okay. There we go. I actually played in high school. I played the guy who organizes the school dance in West Side Story.
1: Oh, the guy I don't remember his. The producer, you the, the one, podcast producer of the dance?
2: Yeah, the one guy who doesn't sing. I think <laughs> basically they were like, "You can do that." Um, but uh, yeah, I just think from like, since the point of the show is to talk about screenwriting, I just hate that that movie is all exposition through not dialogue but through lyric, and that is to me punishingly boring and hard to watch on the screen because it, it really movies are supposed to tell stories visually. Uh, and, and dramatically and i'm not saying it lacks drama, but when every every scene s- everything stops for five minutes while someone sings to you about what is happening or what has just happened and I just find that deadly for, on a dramatic level
1: here's my reply I cannot defend the script <laughs> the script is the musical right so if you don 't like the script of right. uh, it you're right it's not a feature script it's yeah. a it 's a script for of a Broadway musical that was really an operetta right. and it was lifted. Verbatim, as far as I could see. Well, they so added
0: I, the song suddenly, the, nominated for, right, for Oscars, one Oscar. Uh, <laughs> the original song, suddenly. I hate
1: when they. Uh, I hate when which
0: they was the worst, when the worst song in the whole. Which yeah, which my that. wife, my so wife. that Russell Crowe I I did even, not sing. Yeah. You
1: know, I didn't even know that. It's been so long since I saw Les Mis on on stage. But regardless, yeah. So I agree with you. I agree with you mm-hmm. script wise. Okay. But what I worry about is that you're clearly a heartless person <laughs> yes. who has no feeling in okay, I am in a real-life Javert. <laughs> to watch that, it's not that I enjoyed it on a script level. Yeah. I just, as an experience,
2: well, it was, she was... Here's uh, what I'll say about this whole dream, Anne Hathaway man. thing.
0: Let me tell you who's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done. Let me just quickly say about, okay, okay. about the Anne Hathaway thing, because okay. I, I, I knew nothing about the story or the anything, what, what it was. But Pat, your husband... Made a big show of telling everybody who would listen about how if you're if you don't cry during this Anne Hathaway scene, then you don't have a heart. And I was like, okay, which you don't. It puts a lot of pressure on me as as a person to watch it. But what I didn't realize is that that happens 15 minutes into the movie or 20 minutes in the movie. Like she, you meet her. There's one scene. And then she's suddenly a, a prostitute. And spoiler then, alert! And then suddenly <laughs> she, everything just goes totally bigger. Spoiler yeah. alert! I mean, I you mean, don't
1: you don't want to watch this movie for any like reality issues with time because people will right. leave a room no and kidding. then suddenly it's like five years later and somebody's dying. Right? You know right. right? There's no what, there's no
2: sense happened? of pace or, or anything. But like I just it, I think it's crazy that anyone can get emotionally invested in a character they just met to the point that they're crying about what she's what she's been through that we haven't seen by the way we we only know what she's been through other than getting fired from her job, from the song she's singing us—that's that's how we know.
1: But it, it's still—it's not—it's it's not choking. It's a good
2: performance. Sad, and I—I mean, I, I give her credit. I, I actually think it was a brilliant move to have them singing it, you know, live on, um, you oh, know, uh, live to film. What that
1: did to the movie musicals—that that particular thing of having them sing live—like for me, just going to see that was an event. That's
0: exciting. Matt
1: Price. Yeah. Matt yes. Price, <laughs> Wouldn't you agree that Matt Belknap? Is heartless? Wouldn't well, that he has no feeling, and that you know? Maybe. I
0: would have agreed with that before. Okay, got <laughs> before it. Before this lameest conversation, right? Here's what I'll say about the, the Anne Hathaway thing. Yeah, if you, if that didn't move you in some way, I would say you might have some heart issues because <laughs> she is singing about becoming prostitute. Now wait a minute, dying <laughs> and now losing wait. her daughter. You, you and
2: I both watched the TV show Parenthood. Sure. I, I cry watching Parenthood basically every single week. Okay. I, I don't think there has been an episode in this in the last year that I haven't cried watching it. And I cried a lot that last one. Um so I I do cry at things that that work to me. They, they get me. You know what I mean? It just, it just didn't get me.
1: So overlapping dialogue is what makes that <laughs> bell now
0: well, Also, it sounds like it was hyped up. It was hyped up a little bit. It was a bit. little hyped up, but so. that's,
2: you know, that's neither here nor there. I mean, I, I knew what I was... I, I didn't know what the story was, but I knew what I was getting into in, in terms of it being a musical, and I just... I think I was thrown for a loop because when Pat told me about the Anne Hathaway thing, I just assumed that... She is a major character. I think I I went into it thinking she was a major character in the movie and that everything builds up to this one moment at the very, like, like it's going to be plot point two where she's lost it all. This is rock bottom. We've been with her for the whole movie. And here she is at the, you know, she sings a song. You're like, but no, it's the beginning of the movie. It's the pre- you can, cry. It's you can the- the- cry at the beginning It's the prelude It's not even You know it, it, To me it's like Episode 1, 2, and 3 Of Star Wars In that you do not need to see that To have the story You know Because like You don't need to know Where Darth Vader came from You, you just need the, to know
0: Did you not Wars. cry When Creeping Luke's parents it. Were killed on Tatooine? Um, or an Uncle Ben and uh, Aunt. Yeah, no, that I, Yeah. Did you cry? That was in the first twenty minutes. No, I didn't cry. But I was a kid.
2: I didn't. I mean, I don't get. A, I don't think I understood what what go, had happened. Did you cry? What? You can say it. I don't think I cried. <laughs> you cried. Star Wars cry. you <laughs> cry now.
1: I think also, there are certain things like I don't know if I would have cried at this movie before I had kids. But I, then it's I have like, kids. Her daughter is going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, even though I knew kind of she wasn't.
0: See, mm-hmm. I cried tremendously when I was twelve years old and seeing the musical. And I only had two kids at that point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that you knew that of. I knew of. Do you know what I just cried
0: at is Downton
2: Abbey. No spoilers. But uh, I, I, as, a, as a parent, that, yeah.
1: No spoilers. I've seen the entire third season. I know. I
0: know. Wow. Never seen a minute. Never seen a minute. Oh, uh, you should watch it. It's you know,
1: great. it is one of those things where, like, everybody talks about it. You're like, oh, I'm never going to watch it. Oh, this is all overrated. And then by accident, you watch it, and then you you don't leave the house for three weeks. You're by just accident. like I'm going to watch. I have to watch them all. They're, Especially they're, that
2: first season, because the first season is so good that it makes you keep watching, even though the second and third aren't as good at all. I'm
0: I just what? did that with Homeland. I did that exact same thing. Yeah. My yes. wife was watching it. I saw, like, two minutes of it. I was like, well, I guess I can see what people are talking <laughs> about. And then I, And then literally, we were just at home, like... That's yeah. all we did—just jonesing That's the to, best watch way to watch those shows, though, and it was amazing. Yeah, it's so Loved good. it.
1: <laughs> I like. Oh, I, I'm not going to go into it, but you know. Well, okay. Have you seen the Halloween mask of uh, Claire Danes' cry face? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Moving on. Okay. So. <laughs> She cries. That's she's emotional. Look, I'm you, not a mean person. She's and I shouldn't. She, you're criticizing
2: mean. her for the same thing you guys are copping to. She cries a lot, so she's emotional. She's got a big heart, right?
1: Well, yo, my she daughter. cries in a very
2: specific way. <laughs>
1: one should not cry at one crying. One should cry at somebody who's trying not to cry.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's a throw oh, pillow. There that's you go. It's really, a good. <laughs> get, I don't think I fall that. Get, a great our, throw pillow. There, our
1: guest is wondering <laughs> when are we ever going to talk about why I'm here. Um, Matt Price, you've been is- listening to
0: Talking Lay Miz, our weekly podcast about Lay Miz.
1: That's right. Um, I'm really, I'm really happy that you're on the show, Matt. Thanks for having it. me. Um, I. The first time I saw you here at the studio, because you have your own podcast, uh, which is called Whale Cave, mm-hmm. uh, which features funny people telling music-related stories. And the first time that I, I saw you here, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because I Most love, people
0: have that reaction.
1: <laughs> well, I love the show <laughs> Men of a Certain Age. Oh, thank and you. And when I saw you, I was like, there's that guy. You know, oh, my God. He's the, he, he, you were really funny in that. Thanks. Really funny. I wish that show would come back on yeah um, my wishing <laughs> it has not made it so but i want to let you know that i, I am
0: oh it's not so it's not coming back no. Oh,
1: okay. damn it maybe this was the time we told you well
0: thank you thanks for watching it the uh, second uh season dvd just came out so if nice. yeah if you haven't seen it i've seen it you've seen it but, but if,
1: tell yeah, I have everybody i'm
2: uh, embarrassed to say i have not and i keep meaning to it will make you it. cry really i'm sure it will
1: <laughs> really that, good writing yeah really good it's writing. very very and, very good writing and you know I'm not a guy of a certain age, um, but I think it reflects a range of experiences of guys of a certain age without getting into sort of these these stereotypes that I think guys play out on TV over and over and over again. So I think it was really refreshing and new and... That was not on the show, on on the air anymore. <laughs> um, let me tell you what else Matt's done. Matt currently writes for the regular show on mm-hmm. Cartoon Network. Um, we also had Jack Thomas on, who also wrote oh, for yeah. the regular show. Sure. And uh, you won an Emmy for it in 2012. And this is it what did. Jack Thomas said at poker to my husband, Pat. He said you're the reason that show won the emmy no star. yes he said that he said that um is everybody he high was,
0: on chipotle because he eats a lot of chipotle <laughs> he does eat a
1: lot of chi- chipotle <laughs> i'm does. with you on that one but but he basically said everybody was trying to break the story on this show and it really was you going hey why don't we do it this way and that broke it open and then that show won an emmy
0: that's nice that's, a nice, that's nice of him to say that.
1: So what do you like? I like you, him now. Oh, yeah. He's
0: he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. Uh,
1: what, do, what do you like about working on that show? What's the experience like for you there? Tell me about it.
0: That show's been really cool. I never worked in animation before. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd written for um, Comedy Central a couple times and just other shows, and, but I'd never done animation. And, and I found that in animation, uh, you can really go anywhere. Um, but that show specifically, I really like because we always start from a very grounded place. Uh, and then we do take it to um a, a more magical place so it kind of appeals to both of my uh sensibilities comedy wise i love the very real grounded problems um that these characters have and then it does go to this really weird uh place in that second act usually third act and and so i it's just it's fun to try and merge those and, and so- break a story that, where those things basically have to happen in every episode.
1: Now, how do, how do you guys break story in, in that room? Like, is it is it sort of a mutual breaking and then somebody takes it away? Or is it all written by committee? How does it go?
0: It's it's interesting. Um, lately, what we've been doing is we play these games where we literally throw – we write titles on piece of paper, any title we, for anything. I actually wrote – we were about Lame is. One day I wrote five Les Mis titles, so like I Dreamed a Dream was one we did and whatever. But we'll we'll spend two minutes writing uh, just general, um, very quick stories based on these titles, and then we'll talk about them. Anyway, if one of those takes, then we'll go off – somebody will go off and write basically a a one-page – one sheet, like a three-act structure Mm – and then if that, if we're liking that, we work on that for a while in the room, then someone will go off and write an outline, one of us, generally whoever started this whole process. And then when the outline is completed, we give it to the storyboard artists who then draw it all. And they the, fill have in Have you the, ever
1: seen that process prior to coming into a no, regular show? Never. So, so what, what does watching it storyboarded... What did, have you been learning as a writer watching the storyboard process on it?
0: I've learned that I'm not a good drawer. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot draw. (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, I've learned that, you know, they take things, again, they really, um, the Starboard artists are great writers. I mean, they're not only great artists, but they're great writers, too. And so I I, I really like, what I've learned is uh, how they can really draw out these characters even more and make them do things that, uh, that... you know, I hadn't thought of. Um, and I, I, but having said that, it, it's, it's really sh- reiterated something that I have that I believe before, which is that you really have to stay true to the, who the characters are. And uh, they, you know, they're, they're sort of laser focused on that, really? but they do it in different ways, which I, which I like. And because they're animated, you can sort of see how they're doing it just even visually.
1: I think I, I'm sorry. I cut you off after the the storyboard yeah, process. It. I did. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, did did you? Uh, does it then go on to an, another process after that, or is that when it's shot?
0: Yes. Well, then, so they draw it all out. Literally, they draw it on post its mm-hmm. and they put it up, and then they sort of uh, post everything up in the room and they pitch it to us. So you can imagine, there's like 300 sheets of paper with post its on them, and it's this whole 11 minute story. Our show is 11 minutes. And then after that, they make an animatic, and they basically put all those sheets of paper together, and they uh, just make it all flow uh, on, comp- on a computer program, and then it gets sent off to be drawn. Uh, I think they send it to Korea to be finalized, but the whole thing takes a year. Wow. Yeah.
1: A year.
0: Oh, and of course, in between all that, they are voicing it, mm-hmm. You know, punching it up. I'm helping punch up. The writers help punch up jokes and... Uh, as it's going, and before it goes off to Korea, and before it's voiced. No, nope. so it's, but it takes a year from the time so we think of it you,
2: to the. I feel like you jumped from when you, when you after the outlines. When when do you, when is the script written? That well, process? that's
0: the thing. Our show there's no script. Oh wow. Okay. we wow. my job. Literally, is I think of stories, break stories, write the outline, infuse a little dialogue, mm-hmm. then it's given to the storyboard artist. They draw it and write you know most of the dialogue oh wow yeah that's and great. then we punch up the dialogue but not even a ton because mm-hmm. um, we're already off you know on these other stories and then it, they make the animatic voice it so oh, on okay cool. so that was the part it's I was really missing cool. too yeah. I'm sorry so
1: so as far as the outlining goes you can cut
0: out the other thing I said yeah
1: no <laughs> As as far as the outlining goes then like you're the man to talk to about how to make an outline work to the point where people are really getting a sense of the story I mean, you've always you've in the past when you when you wrote for I've got uh, Comedy Central's Root of All Evil with Louis Black, um, other shows for Comedy Central, MTV, and ESPN Classic. You wrote pilot scripts for NBC and Fox, which were never produced, but man, were they hilarious! (laughs) Um, So you've written in scripted (laughs) form before. (laughs) Now you're writing an outline form. Uh How do you make an outline? Pop in a way that feels like something storyboard artists could then turn into pictures that tell the story.
0: Well, I try and write an outline whenever I write anything, whether it's one of those hilarious scripts that didn't Mm -hmm. get made or uh, a screenplay or something. I always try and write an outline first, anyway, and I try and make it. I mean, I'm thinking of it, so it's visual, but I try and make it as visual as possible when I'm writing it. So, I guess the answer would be um, I. I just think you have to you know, make the characters. I mean, they know the characters by now because we're in our fifth season. Yeah. But you have to make just the actions as detailed as possible uh, without overkill, you mm-hmm. know, because they're artists, so they're fine. But, um, but I think you have to be very clear. I think clarity is probably the, the best way to answer it.
1: How do you get that, that balance of story and business in an outline? Like here you've got to make it detailed enough so that right. it's visual, but you also want to keep the story track Going so it doesn't look like a mess. Yeah, it's
0: hard. I, I write too long. I overwrite. So I'm. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I'm still learning how to do that. I, I feel like you, you just have to. Um, you, you just have to be as concise as possible. I don't even know how to, you know, articulate it in a in a more uh, interesting way. But I feel like I I really overwrite. I struggle all the time. I mean, we try and keep these outlines three pages,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm like. You know, I'm. they're constantly like, dude.
1: Why is your 30? This is 4 P, You know,
0: <laughs> like, I, I. it just really is a, just be concise, um, clear, not too flowery. I think that's the key, too. Our our outlines tend to be very much like, the main characters are Mordecai and Rigby. So mm-hmm. it's like, Mordecai and Rigby want a new video game. They go to the store, you know, it's just boom, boom, boom. It's not a very, you know... So it's Loquacious.
2: not. It's not like they stop and sing a five-minute song about what they're <laughs> feeling. That's what. They, that's bad. That would be I don't
1: bad. know Sometimes what you're talking about. <laughs> Sometimes yeah.
0: they do. Oh, Gosh. Sorry. If only I knew Songs how to turn funny.
1: off your mic. Oh well. Uh, you yeah, need
0: though. I, it's because you're not a fan of musicals. I think that you have that problem because musicals are a lot of that so,
2: yeah that that's true but you know then they're telling the story through music they're, they're put yeah but that put to me okay here's the thing i should have said probably more than anything else is that <laughs>
1: he's been over here just stewing <laughs> this entire time
2: i don't mean to bring it back to this but <laughs> since you said that like the songs have to you goaded me into it by the way <laughs> i know i did so the, 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 if the songs are great then i then i that's cool like i don't mind that but i didn't I didn't respond to the songs in, in Les Mis.
0: You just want things. You want, essentially, like anything, you want the scene to move it forward. Yes. And so your problem is that the scene is like, in 1810. <laughs> That's true. Here it we is. go. Let's hear it. We were living in Normandy. <laughs> you, you didn't like that. Right. You want, like, we got to get that wagon <laughs> right. to move the or amulets.
1: Right. Probably you would like musicals that have a book. That have, like, a, a spoken book right, versus right, yeah, yeah. a sung book, which I'm with you
2: on. Yeah, I'm, like, it, it, I i It feel I, like I also, on the nose after a while. I didn't... I was not prepared for nonstop singing. I thought there would be some some actual talking. Yeah. And that was hard to handle. That's how
1: me. I feel about, like, baseball and football. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like... When are they going to stop playing? Stop singing and just and start and
2: have a conversation. Yeah, Yeah. like (laughs) (laughs) that'd be great if there was a dialogue in sports. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. Like, oh, you mean they're just doing this for like a long time? They do it. What? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think it it is one of those things like sports. Like you're either in or you're out, and you have to musical theater.
2: You have to have been. I think uh, that comes from childhood. I did not ever. Seek it out, or was not really exposed to it as a child for the most part, and so
0: I. Your parents didn't let any singing happen in the house.
2: <laughs> we went to a lot of theater, but not a lot of musicals. Like we went to like Shakespeare and stuff.
0: Was John Lithguy your father? Is <laughs> it like Footloose? <laughs>
2: it was a lot like Footloose. Yeah.
1: But on the regular no show, are there are there songs incorporated to regular? Oh show? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's I think with with um, cartoons like that have been. Getting popular with kids and adults, you you are starting to see a lot more songs come in, Definitely. like Phineas and Ferb. It was started yeah. out as like a small conceit, and now it's like in every single one. Yeah. Um, do you write those songs as well?
0: I sometimes will write mainly Sean Sellis, who's the um, storyboard producer. I think is his official title. Who's a really talented artist. He writes most of the songs because he's um, he's also plays guitar. Uh-huh. Um, so I will. I fancy myself a very amateur uh, rap lyricist. <laughs> so a lot of times the main characters will freestyle rap. Uh-huh. Not a lot of times, but that's just one of their mm-hmm. hobbies, uh, their traits. And so I will, in any outline that I can, I will write a little... Like I just wrote a little rap about chimichangas, but it's like a four... It's like a couplet, like a couple of couplets. So if that's it, I don't remember.
1: Come on. I know.
0: I, I, Come on, spit I some bars. I myself. It was like... The chimichanga one was like... Uh, like, um, I don't, what was it? Like, I don't play the drum and I don't play the conga, but I do like to play a chimichimichimichanga or something like that. <laughs> but anyway, it's something like that. But so I'll write those. Yeah. And I will, um, there was an episode that we did called This Is My Jam about a song that got stuck in their head and they had to get it out of their head and then they had to end up fighting this, like, uh, this tape, this, you know, live tape, cassette tape. And there was a song in that called Summertime Lovin'. I think I came up with the title for Summertime Lovin', but I think then, but Sean wrote the whole song.
1: So would, let's say that you're incorporating a song into an outline. You say, okay, so then they sing a song about summertime uh, called Summertime Lovin' that expresses right. their feelings about what's going on in the actual story, right?
0: Yeah, it'd be something like um, like in that case, it was like, okay, so the guys have to get the song on their head. The song is called Summertime Lovin', um, Lovin' in the Summertime. And it's a, it, it's a very it's the most poppy top 40 song you can think of. And then I will usually like sing a little bit of it. And they'll be like, I like that idea. Don't (laughs) sing again. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's something like that. And then Sean or whomever will will write it. But that's sort of the description. It would be like the song has to be, you know, and sometimes we will use a specific example. Um, It has to be, you know, Justin Bieber times 10 or it has to be, what have you. We like a lot of 80s stuff mm-hmm. in our show. So there's a lot of references to that. So sometimes we'll be like, it's like, you know, sister Christian or it's mm-hmm. like, what have you. But, but yeah, we have to really, it's interesting to keep it tight. That's been one of the coolest things for me to learn. Cause I really like in life, I'll just yammer on, but when I'm writing, I'll be like, and then <laughs> because he's this guy and they're like, you know, let's keep that
1: shorter. Now, when you said, you said, uh, you know, with the storyboard guys, and it always goes back to character, mm-hmm. can you elaborate a little bit on like maybe how they'd taken something and made it more character focused or, or changed story so that, are you talking about how it reflects who they are as a character or takes the character somewhere else?
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess what I was thinking of mainly is that, and, and I don't know if this answers the question, but a lot of times it's neat to see them. Lots of JG Quintel created the show, mm-hmm. and he's a really talented artist. And he will go over these these drawings and the the boards, uh, the storyboard pitches, and he'll be really detailed about their expressions. And that's something that I wouldn't really think about. You know, I mean, I I think about it, but I wouldn't like I would write. You know, Pops is elated. Pops is another character. Like Pops is elated because he gets to go back to Lollyland, which is you know where he's from. But they'll, what I guess I mean by they, th- the way they elaborate on the characters, they, JG will say, well, he needs to be facing up and show that he's elated and sort of smile just a little bit. Like your expression now is overjoyed or, you know, right. something slightly different. Or he's bemused, he's not elated. But like so to, they'll expand on that.
1: This all comes visually. out of emotion. So within the outline, you've got to put that emotion yes. in so that the characters are really For sure. expressing how they feel about what events are going on yeah cool
0: yeah and uh, that's that's really as much as I mean and that's what I was saying like I don't know if that um, it's just neat to see that they can like they'll take it a little bit further you know they'll make him be like well I thought when you said elated he should do this or they'll he'll flash back to something that he was most elated when he was you know in college and so they'll like drop that in where we wouldn't have had that in the outline or something like that. You
1: know, I think this is such a good lesson for people, too, because there's this fear of emotion in screenwriting and a fear, it, it, whether it's in the outlining process or whether it's actually in the page work, which is always just confounding to me because I'm like, but emotion tells the story. But I guess because people have always over emoted when they're writing. So mm-hmm. it's it seems in an outline, you, yeah, you have to say what's going on, but you also have to say what somebody feels about it. And hearing what you're saying, that doesn't mean you're saying how that's going to be executed, how that, ex- right. how that feeling is going to be shown by a director or an actor. You're just saying a character feels this way because of something that just took place.
0: When I was in college, I took a screenwriting class, and my screenwriting teacher told me specifically that <laughs> – I think he may have said I may <laughs> – the embellishing, but he—I know—he said, "Keep emotion out of the screenplay. Don't write it in the stage directions." And I remember thinking, "That's that makes no sense." But I—but then I thought he went on to say, um, "In Hollywood, <laughs> they don't like—they just like what happened. They like what happened in dialogue. They don't want to know like he's, you know, ecstatic because his mother-in-law's here. Just write his mother-in-law's here." He jumped up and down, period.
1: But he jumps up and down is an expression of emotion. So I think where where this has been really bad advice is that it sounds like somebody saying no emotional reaction to right. anything. When they're really saying don't give that kind of emotional um, – uh, don't, that, that, don't
2: describe the emotion. Describe the physical manifestation right, of it or what, what, what's happening visually that, that conveys that.
1: Exactly. And that internal process that you would do in a novel, keep that out of it. Right. But I'm all for a little emotion plus action. So you can yeah. say, elated, he jumps up and down. And that actually is a better writing than he jumps up and down. Right. Um,
0: or so, he's elated, nothing else. Right.
1: Well, yeah. he's elated is doesn't show an action it's not a visual thing so you always want to have some kind of action that expresses it and then if you also add a little emotion to to explain the motivation for it fine but i think actually where people go wrong is he is elated nobody knows what that looks like right and that's internal
0: i think yeah i think so and i think that's what i was trying to express with the storyboard artists i think they can do that really well like you know they'll show me that some actions they can do and it's just interesting.
1: So in an outline, you can say he is elated because that's his emotional reaction to what happened and then you know that your storyboard people will visually execute that. In scene direction, you'd have to write elated, he jumps up and down because that's what you're seeing and your screenwriting teacher... Wasn't he did not like the, the word elated? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't want a lady. Just wanted he jumps some front. To me, it's <laughs> a bunch of choreography when you do that.
2: I think that
0: that like as I <laughs> like was, lame is the choreography. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I was taught that too, basically, and I, and I I always thought the reason was that you weren't supposed to be trying to do other people's jobs. You know, it's like you know, like don't um, you know don't tell the actor how to feel. Show, how, don't tell. Right, right. So, sure. Yeah, just 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 describe it and then let them mis- extrapolate. You know what the emotion would be, and then that, that's and the director and the actor will will tap into
1: that. But I can't but tell I can, you though what this does to scripts, though, because I'm always fighting against this p- this piece of advice. Yeah. And I think it was because people overwrote for so long that mm-hmm. then they went completely the other way. But then you just get a bunch of choreography that does you the actor. Well, you're an actor. The actor needs to be, I believe. Guided at least to what this means to the character, that doesn't mean that you're showing, you're saying how to show elation, you know, or all the the layers of it, or how you would put that on your face, or yeah, I
0: agree. That's that's why I don't, I don't buy that mumbo jumbo. (laughs) Right, um, your screenwriting teacher told you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't, I never mind if I see. First of all, I'm happy I'm working. Am I right, guys? Yeah. Um, but um, You're elated? Yeah. <laughs> I'm elated to be working. Uh, how should I be elated? Should I jump, that's up, and jump up and down? Jump
2: up and down. That's the main way people are elated. Right. That is
0: pretty much... Mo- is it? If,
2: if cartoons have taught me anything. Yeah. Elation is a, a, a jumping, jumping up and, and down, down. Yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, this calls for some jumping.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go vertical on this one. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I I don't know that I never I am never bothered by that any stage direction of any kind.
1: Well, let's 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 talk about get out. the the acting part <laughs> of it for a second because you have you were on uh, two seasons on the critically acclaimed Men of a Certain Age as mm-hmm. we talked about. You've been on The Office, mm-hmm. Arrested Development, mm-hmm. Reno Nine One One, The West Wing, <laughs> uh, and most recently Sixteen Hundred Penn. That's true. People like to put you in political stuff.
0: If I can wear a suit, that's yeah. pretty much the only way I'll get a job.
1: <laughs> so tell, so tell me, like sad
0: sack or suit? <laughs> how do you <laughs> kind of approach
1: <laughs> a script then, as a guy who's who's looking at okay, what am I lifting off this script that's going to work for me on the screen? Like how, you know, you got a s- script, it's fresh in your hand. What do you do?
0: Well, I mean, my parts. Hmm, that's a good question. I'd like to give some like sort of haughty answer like well what I do is I first I take a steam <laughs> <laughs> then I laminate I mean <laughs> I think I try lately I think I've been trying because I, I do get a lot of characters who are and by a lot I mean like six mm-hmm. but, but often I do play characters who are either um, uh, like suit wearing business types or men of a certain age I was a car salesman mm-hmm. and a lot of times the guys I play are comedic so they're either kind of dumb or they're kind of sad sacky but I try and make them. I try and find like, well, what's likable about this guy? So I guess that's how I'll try and approach it. Um, like, what? Well, how can I take it and make it kind of a likable character? Because I also like when I'm a fan. When I'm a fan <laughs> when I'm watching something. I like to root for the the character. Um, so I'll try and I guess parse out some things that I can. You know, make lovable about the character, no matter what.
1: Now, do you do that big picture? Does that make?
0: Does that answer the question? That makes a
1: uh, uh, yes, absolutely. But the the how you do it, I'm interested in. So, mm. do you look sort of big picture at like the story, like, well, what does this guy really want, or do you look at it small with, wait a second, he said that thing in that way. I think he, I could emphasize that, and that will bring out his or likable qualities.
0: Well, I, I sort of do it, I guess, from a writing standpoint. Like, I'll try and create a whole backstory for whomever, the whoever the guy is. You know, whether, like, the car salesman in Men of a Certain Age, whose name was Lawrence. I had a whole, just a whole, you know, backstory for him and what he did off when he wasn't at the car dealership. And
1: What did he do? I'm curious. You know,
0: he had a cool little <laughs> one-bedroom in the valley, and it was one of those complexes, like an eight. You know, like an eight you know, like there was a pool in the middle, and he yeah. was kind of like the cool dude there. he thought he was like the cool dude there and uh, I forget now oh his brother <laughs> his brother was a like a really good basketball player in college, <laughs> <laughs> so he talked about his brother a lot
1: <laughs> so you kind of knew where but he was he always came tangent. From he was day. always like
0: you know he thought he was so yeah that 's kind of how I try and approach it,
1: so Oops. he does, you just, your life doesn 't begin when you 're on set. It, basically that character walked out of their life and now you're just in that other scene in their life yeah I mean I'm not
0: I guess <laughs> going method with it and is showing up like oh I, I'm not renting an apartment <laughs> you know but <laughs> but I like to think that I, I feel like that just makes the character rich richer and um, and then it can again just infuse anything into what I have not that that show needed anything more because it was so so well written but i don't know i also just think it's more interesting if you can play it that way
1: and then have you ever
0: people are listening to this like that guy had like four lines <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> he had no an apartment no. and no, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. he, he had an what apartment. i that, that apartment stuff totally came through and this is the subtext of the yeah
0: i think for that one i got i i elaborated a lot more you know for for that show because i just the show to me was so rich like it, it was so dense and I just wanted to be more of a part of it, you know? I just yeah. wanted it, the character to fit in, mm-hmm. so I think I really tried to.
1: Well, they seem to, to build more around your character when they realize how it, it was on. working, yeah. It's
0: because of my, my, my world. I think my so. a basketball-playing <laughs> brother.
1: I think so, yeah, yeah. exactly. Sure. Um, so have you ever, um, when you have a certain script where you've decided, okay, do you ever decide, you know what, I'm going to say this line like this, like I'm going to add something, I'm going to add lib this line a little bit because I'm not that thrilled about how it's written. Has that ever happened? I I mean, I... I'll... I'll,
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. Definitely.
1: Now, are the kind of shows that you're on encouraging everybody to do that? Or do you think that certain directors encourage you to do that because they know that you have a comedy background? I think
0: a lot of shows I've been on encourage that. Mm -hmm. Like Arrested Development and Reno 911. I mean, that's basically, you know, sort of just beat it out. Mm-hmm. And you, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, the office too. I feel like it's 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 such a I'm not gonna say it's a loose environment because mm-hmm. I think every director and writer they want you to have one take where they're like just get it how it's written. And I always try and do that too. Like I think out of respect you get it how it's written, and then you you see you just sort of suss out the environment. Like if people are open to it, if people are open to it, I'm like yeah, here we go, like, <laughs> let's do it like men of a certain age that was how that was basically the the setup and it's shot in such a way that like there's there're sometimes four cameras and they're not in your face mm-hmm. you know you, and you, it's very naturalistic the whole thing so a lot of times once we got it they would kind of just you know let you go a little bit um and some people were really great about going on and on and not on and on but you know just adding a line or two or three and some were like the lines are the lines, mm-hmm. and that's all I'm doing.
1: Well, I think it also, I mean, as an actor, not, not all actors are writers. No. You happen to be both. So I would imagine this is definitely, you feel comfortable, like, okay, I can change the line, and I know it's going to be good. But that must be hard for somebody who doesn't have that kind of background. Yeah, I mean, I'm very gifted.
0: <laughs> no i think no but i think as a writer too i really respect writers so if i'm there as an actor i don't want to i mean i know it, it's like when you write something and then the the actor actress walks out and it's just like what is this <laughs> i mean when i like one of my first jobs was working at mtv writing pro- promos for musicians <laughs> and talk about people who don't really want to do what you wrote oh, I mean boy. it's just like who wrote this um, I'm in matchbox 20 I don't want to <laughs> I'm just going to do something else you know and I just I just have a lot of respect for the I was going to say the written word but I'm <laughs> not going to but I just the script yeah. so I, I wouldn't if I ever change anything I definitely I lib for sure if it's acceptable environment but I also I want to check you know what I mean
1: and when you when you are at libbing are you usually making the joke better or are you saying something you think the character would that's more believable to the character's voice
0: yeah i think it always has to be in the character's voice Mm -hmm. it can't just be like you know this up this uptight businessman suddenly goes on a rant about you know yeah yeah (laughs) like matt belknap would do (laughs) yeah no i think it has to be in in character for sure else it doesn't you you can't do it Mm -hmm. it can't be matt suddenly matt price has a great joke he wants right. to squeeze in. <laughs> it has to be in character.
1: It would be so funny if like, Matt just kept telling the same joke till somebody like, put it in the show. Yeah. Just in any, every scene, just keeps saying the same joke. Yeah. just. But I know you wouldn't do that. I really
2: believe in this joke. <laughs> yeah. God, i got to find a home here somehow. Yeah. Somehow I'll get
0: in. <clears throat> yeah,
1: now You've actually, um, when you wrote for, for Root of All Evil with Lewis Black, was... Was that one of his sort of stand rant- up uh, y ranting kind of things, or did that was that a more scripted show?
0: Rudeval Evil was totally scripted, and it incorporated Lewis's stand up ranty thing. He was the judge, and the idea was we debated two things that were quote unquote evil in society, like uh, Paris Hilton versus Dick Cheney, mm. or uh, that is a tough one. Oprah versus. <laughs> You know the Pope or something like that.
1: I'm so pro Oprah on that one. I t- oh, sorry, sorry.
0: No, it's okay. Sorry, that's pope, not a Pope uh, fans. That's not a hard. I don't point. know if it was against the Pope either. Okay, I, the Pope was. I think the Pope was one of them. No, it might have been good, Disney. That's
1: equal stature right there. That's good. Oprah <laughs> and the
0: Pope. Oprah and the Pope. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Oprah and the Pope definitely would be. Oprah, but Lewis <laughs> played the judge, and then two comedians would come on and present the case. Uh, and that was the most fun part about it was writing for writing these arguments for. Like Paul F. Tompkins and uh, and Patton. I remember Patton. It was like YouTube versus um, porn, I think. <laughs> and I think Patton was pro-YouTube. or thought That was a complicated thing. Because like Patton was representing YouTube as the root of all evil. Ah. So all of his arguments would be to make sure that YouTube was the root of all evil. But Lewis played the judge. And then he sort of had a rant at the beginning and a rant at the end. And then little things spl- splintered throughout. But no, it was a script that was totally written out. From front to back. And interestingly enough, not a ton of improv in that show. I always thought there should be more Im- improv.
1: Yeah, especially considering you've got you know, stand ups like Pat and the funniest and people Paul Tompkins, on the planet. Yeah. yeah,
0: like all you know, Greg Geraldo was one of them and um, uh, Jerry Minor and, and uh Aunt Kindler, just like yeah. my favorite people just kept walking through the door.
2: And they were they involved in the writing of their yes. stuff?
0: Yes, Andy Daly. Yeah. <laughs> really so as long funny. as they, it was still D- their they voice. were very much involved in it. Oh, that's cool. Some, some more than others, yeah. but for the most part, like they'd come in and we'd say, "So you're going to do YouTube?" I mean, they would know whatever, and then we would sit around and hash out ideas, and a lot of times they would go off and and we just help formulate the ideas, and then um, Lewis had his writers. There were some sketches that were written about certain topics and we'd write those and it was fun you know it was great
1: so so these days when are you going more for well you're you're already on the regular show so that's your regular writing gig but are you are you like it's an audition it's a script meeting it's a script meeting and an audition like i mean are you sort of going between two worlds or is that a pretty effortless kind of thing
0: definitely not (laughs) effortless It, yeah, I'm definitely going between two worlds. I mean, I've been focusing more on on the writing lately, um, but I but I still you know audition for stuff and uh, and so yeah, it's 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 interesting juggling them. But but I, I have I've tried I've tried. Now you're very successfully.
1: You're a you're a character guy, right? <laughs> yep. Like which, is, which or is
0: leading man, which is <laughs> depends. <laughs> if you're married to me or not. Well, <laughs> no. Let, let's see. No, no, character
1: 100%. So, so have you ever, character
0: Super Character roles character. can
1: be on the small side. Yes. Um, how do you make, a, a, let's say, a one scene character memorable? Okay, there's a likability aspect of it, but a one scene character. How do you do that without stealing focus but still make him without memorable? Nudity. <laughs> without nudity. <laughs> without nudity. A
0: lot of nudity. I don't know. Ah, um, no. Well, I think sometimes you don't. <laughs> that's one of the answers. I, I think you don't have to. You know, I, I think you do your part. I think that's part of being a character actor. You just, you, you blend in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and and again, not to sound cheesy, but service the script. You know, I think if you try and do too much, it's it does still focus. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have a great, you know, part that evolves or comes back, or but I I think. You know, I think one of the harder things to get used to when you move out here mm-hmm. that in the business part of it all is that you know it is a business and you're you everyone has a part and you're kind of servicing um, the project in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that's just part of it. You just you do your part. That's sometimes, but I do think in general, you you know, having said all that, you you know you just you do your best and you you either make the character lovable, like I was saying, or you just be a professional and get your lines right. So but I do think I do think that is a problem. I think people do sometimes get parts and they're like, oh dude, I gotta I'm gonna squeeze every drop out of this lemon. <laughs> and They're Like, no, just do it. Just right. do it. It's funny, just do it. And people will remember it if you just <laughs> do it
1: right. And you won't be cut out if, or you will. if you're seamlessly integrated into into the story. The more that you're right. servicing the story, the more they can't let you go, right?
0: Yeah. I remember Mike Mike Rice who created he and Rearmond created at a certain age and the part my part started with it was like two lines in the pilot and and um and it grew but he said you're not going to get the thing is you're not going to get cut out cuz you're part of the story and that really struck a chord with me i don't know if i'd heard it put that way before but it is true it's like you can have one line that's very important to the story and stay or you could have six scenes like uh, Kevin Costner i think had a bunch of scenes in the big chill and i they were i guess just like we don't need those scenes to make the story work really well.
1: Is, uh, Matt Walsh? Um, and he was, was terrible. On the <laughs> well. No, no, he was great. <laughs> That's okay. We can go back to what you just said. No. But, um, <laughs> but when Matt Walsh was on the show, he was saying, "I when I look at a script and I'm the exposition guy, mm-hmm. I know I'm staying in. Like mm-hmm. I'm the guy that somebody's." Right. Telling that this is what's going to have to happen, or he's the guy saying what's going to have right. to happen. And he's like, Yeah, that's okay. Great. I'm and the we, exposition guy.
0: And were you chiming in like, Oh, the exposition guy. <laughs> I hate the exposition guy.
2: It's gotta be done. Yeah, there's no question. It's, it's, uh, but you know.
1: Matt just doesn't like it when everybody sings exposition it, it, for two right. hours like straight.
2: <laughs> I don't like sung exposition. I guess I like, I like numbers. I like, let's, here's the number. You know what I mean? Those, like, not the TV show numbers? It, well, I also like that. Okay. <laughs> I watched that. David Crumholtz. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. We, we don't need to dig back into this. <laughs> so about to make Rob Morales catalog. <laughs> no, I, I said we don't even need to make oh, it about my my, my issues okay. of, with musicals. But
1: and you mentioned you mentioned you know coming out here and the business. And, uh-huh. uh, what would be your best piece of business advice for writers? Mm. Like what what have you learned that you are like ah oh, yeah I wish I knew that when I first came out here as a writer.
0: Hmm. Well, you know, there is the old. Well, okay. I think you. There are a couple of things. One, and none of them are really that new. But what you, you have to um, keep writing to discover your voice. Mm-hmm. I think that's key. I think I got lucky because I wrote a lot in college with my friends, and um, just kept doing it, and, and it helped. And, and just performing, it helped me discover my voice, or at least start to. So I think that's key. Um, I think you have to. I think, I was just talking about this, I think you have to write things that you like. Mm. I think some people come out here and make a lot of money, (laughs) some people make a lot of money, by writing
1: things they don't like. So there's sort of this disdain for for their own... Yeah, I just think they're like, oh,
0: this would be a good thing to write, This, Mm. this, this thing about poker players that are also dress up as sharks I don't know like what it would be but like but you know what I mean like they're yeah. talking yeah and then they go baby it's a music oh um, but I think they they're trying they're like sort of just chasing it they're not they're not necessarily like I believe in this idea
2: they're trying to outsmart the system kind of
0: yeah they're just and, and and I know a lot about what gets written out here is trying to outsmart the system but I, I don't buy that I, I think you have to write you have to write what you love and then that will either someone will like it or they won't but i think if you're not writing what you love or at least what you really like it's just not going to it's not going to at the end at the end of the day it's not going to pan out as well as it maybe could having said all that it may not pan out anyway <laughs> but like i don't know i just think it's tough i think it's tough anyway and then to spend Twenty years writing that shark movie, trying to yeah. chase the dream i don 't know that would be that would be my advice I, I know many people won 't take it but i i do i think that 's the way to be
1: no, I like hearing it i, I think that's important but you you 've seen
0: i mean you've you 've read countless screenplays and yeah. you 've talked to countless screenwriters i mean do you find people are mainly Doing that or do you find that people are like, I hear that now they're writing a lot of high school movies yeah, that take place in the nineties. Should I do a, that?
1: Every once in a while, no, I, I wouldn't say every once in a while. A lot of times in class, that's the question. Uh, I, I wanna write this, but I think this one would be more commercial. Right. And my usual thing is you're taking a class, you're gonna do, you know, you're gonna learn on this script. Write something you like, for goodness sake. Okay. And then they're you know, with my clients, most of the time. It's stuff that they like. But every once in a while, I'll read something, and it'll feel kind of soulless. Right. And in the discussion with the writer, I'll <laughs> discover that they only, re- they only wrote it because their agent said that they're looking for these kind of movies, and they really think that this kind of genre is BS. And, I'm like, you don't even like the genre. Why <laughs> right. are you writing it? Oh, my agent wants me to. You know, your agent also needs to represent you and your voice, you know? So...
0: I guess I feel like those things usually – like that track usually burns out. Mm -hmm. So by the time you write that, uh, you know, whatever, that big race car movie that Hollywood has been wanting, Mm -hmm. like somebody made it. Right, right. So then you're stuck with this race car movie that you didn't want. Yeah. And then your agent or whomever, your girlfriend is like, well (laughs) – Okay, what now? Right, right. You better write a 3D movie because that's what people are buying. <laughs> yeah, write what's cold.
2: Don't write what's hot. Write what's cold. Serious. Because by the time you're For done, serious. it'll be hot. Yep. But, but don't do sense. any of that because, like, I agree with Matt. You should probably just write what you are interested in. Because I, I honestly – I guess some people can do this and they probably are successful most of the time. Because if you can just write and write and write like Stephen King, then, you know, eventually, you know, unless you're totally terrible – Something's going to happen with something. But for me, when I was writing scripts, it was hard enough to just write to finish a script that I was passionate about. Never mind. I tried the other way and I couldn't finish because I was just so bored by it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I couldn't stick with it because I was like, I don't care about this at all. So I, had to, I have to care about it if I'm going to, like, really commit six months of my life to writing it.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you can make anything – this idea of commercial, I think, is, is also weird. People think commercial means, so I have to do a lot of, like, sell-out set pieces with explosions and nudity. And it's like, no, commercial is what people see in the theater that they like and tell other people that they like, which means just make it entertaining. Yeah. So you can make anything that you really love more entertaining, and that will make it more commercial.
0: Yeah, I just, I feel like I've gotten so much advice that is like, it's counter to what I'm saying. People, like agents and managers saying like, not my current manager, but like, if you're listening. but um, But, you know, like you said set pieces. Like, I like this story. It needs like three more set pieces. And I'll be like, but. There's no reason to have a set piece like they're in the woods. Like it's not. What do he's like? Well, but a carnival could come through <laughs> or something. And and you're like, yeah. you're young, and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see a carnival coming through. <laughs> Got it. And then they read it a month later, like why was a carnival? In? <laughs> and it's just I don't know. I I don't. Know, I'm I'm sort of a, a a like moderately working purist. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, like I feel like there are people who. Work a ton more, and and they're like they did write that big 3D, you know, car chase movie, and but I don't know, I, I don't advise that. Like more often than not, it it fails.
1: What about um, uh, leaving everybody with a writing tip? Is there something that you do that either gets you writing every day or gets you thinking of ideas or helps you craft a page and make it better?
0: Well. Me personally, I um, I have a picture of my daughter.
1: I'm like, I gotta write because
0: she has to eat. Um, <laughs>
1: See, that's See? one thing. And he would sing about that, yes. Matt, with tears that in make his cry? eyes, mm-hmm. and we would all cry. But not Matt Belknap. Okay, moving on. Sorry. I mean, I try and I mean,
0: I I'm kind of a I, I've I was just uh, in this um, in a discussion with uh, I think is the name Sid Field. See yes. Yeah. Okay. So he was in this panel and um, and he, I said this thing on this panel where I was, somebody asked a similar question, like, how do you get going to write all the time? And I said, uh, I answered like, sometimes you can't. Somet- <laughs> I'll be honest, but I don't feel like it sometimes. <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. And he said, no, you have to. Mm-hmm. Would you, if you had a job at a bank, would you not show up at the bank?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You have to do it. And I was like, you're right, Sidfield." like, <laughs> I don't know.
1: Sid Field just chastised yeah, me. Yeah, he did. He totally oh, no,
0: dressed me down. And I was like, Sid Field oh. probably knows more than I yeah, do. I've got to go back to work. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. I'm at the <laughs> bank. <Sorry. laughs> have a shit. But I, I think that actually, you know, that I learned that in that moment. Like sometimes you just, I think if you are writing something, I'll set myself a deadline. I just basically a page amount, a deadline, you know, like, okay, 10 pages a week. At the end of the week, I need. Page ten, page whatever. You know how the numerical system works. Yeah, I'm adding been. tens. And Are we uh, going base ten on these numbers. <laughs> We're going base ten. <laughs> okay. But so I'll do that, you know, as well. But but I think what he said is actually a better answer than my instinct, which is probably every writer's instinct.
1: Just sometimes I don't feel like it.
0: Yeah, you just have to do it. Yeah. I mean, you have a project. Don't let it sit there. Mm-hmm. Like I have. I'm usually pretty good about finishing stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, you just just finish it. I guess that would be my tip. Just work on it, it
1: or Sid Field will yell at you. How about that? Or you'll that? be
0: dressed down by, yeah.
1: So now you have a picture of your daughter and Sid Field, right? Like right <laughs> yeah, next to an each other. with an angry
0: expression <laughs> on his yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, I also You're said wagging. the thing about my daughter then. <laughs> and he was kind of like, Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> This kid. Just get out of here. But I don't know if that, I mean, I think that's also pretty basic advice. But I, I do think sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I forget that. Like, just finish it. Mm-hmm. Like, work on it. Mm-hmm. like it's your story you're telling like no one else is telling it like you're telling it so get it out there i like that's the other i like get like get it out to people finish it get it to some people we trust
1: would you say maybe get it out of your head and onto the page <laughs> <laughs>
0: i would say right, that right from her theme song yeah. yeah she's got her own theme song
1: yeah i do Oh, I've heard your
0: theme song. That's at the beginning of the podcast, it's right? It's catchy. Yeah. Do you sing that? Uh, no. Does Russell That's Crow? why it's catchy. No. Oh. Again, why? That's why catchy. I was in tune. Right. Yeah. Is <laughs> like, that a lame answer? Get it out there?
1: No. I think it's a good answer and it's good to remind everybody. I
0: feel like a lot of these things are kind of basic things that yeah. I think writers get really hung up, especially out here because there's so much like nonsense out here. Yeah. It's like I think sometimes people are like, what do I do? What's the – but then I want this and I should call that guy and final draft eight just came out <laughs> and my escape key doesn't work. It's like just – yeah, I can't say it. Just sit down. Yeah. Finish it. Like calm down. Go to Starbucks. Pull out the laptop. Finish it. And then, you know, look it over later. Revise it. Yeah, like
2: everybody wants to know, like, what's the secret? You know what I mean? Like, it's not they're they're looking for, like, a treasure map or something. And it's like, well, that's actually not that's a fairy tale. Like, the real deal is that you just write and write and write and if you're lucky and are talented then you you will get a job yeah I think
0: or, or read the secret and find out <laughs> <laughs>
1: or put it, come put to it on your on vision the page, board. come to On the Page and take a class come to On
0: the Page that's yeah. That's <laughs> PR no but I roll. think you're right. your ass I will yeah. I will <laughs> <laughs>
1: actually I want to tell everybody I want to remind everybody that there is a rewrite class coming up and it was going to be at the end of February but I decided to give my current first draft people a little more time to write in between classes so it's actually going to start in March it's going to be March 2nd through April 6th it's Saturday. Saturdays, 1230 to 330. And you can also come in without a full script to, in order to finish your script, in order to finish the damn yeah. thing. I'm totally with you. Because sometimes just being in a class and figuring out we, – we sort of take it element by element, character, dialogue, whatever – and that's your rewrite but it could also be like the thing that's in your head as you're creating your pages mm-hmm. and it's making your characters stronger, your dialogue stronger, etc. So uh come take the class and uh go to onthepage.tv to to go check that out. Also Facebook on the pages on that. If you like the show, write a nice review. Um Matt, yes. Matt Price, uh your podcast. You want to tell people about that?
0: I will. It's called Whale Cave. It's basically, I'm the host of it. Um, I thought you had a question. You're raising yeah. your hand. No. It's like, a piece of dust. It looked like yeah. you were, like... Matt Belknap sorry. raised his hand. <laughs> like, no,
1: I, no, I saw something <laughs>
2: dangling from the bill of my hat. And I was oh. trying to get it off. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, do, I do doff my cap to yeah, you and your I raise hosting. my... <laughs> I salute you, sir. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's called Whale Cave. It's basically, I hosted... Uh, uh, actors comedians writers uh other people come on tell funny stories about re- music uh music related things um had some great shows uh it's been a lot of fun it's it's relatively new i think i've done 12 of them matt belknap produces it i i, I can i say produces it too yeah sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah which is why it's what he says yes <laughs> um but it's been a lot of fun you can uh yeah at whale caves my twitter tweeting if you want to tweet it you can find it it. It's on <laughs> you iTunes. You listen to it first. It's on iTunes.
2: Who's have been? who been on? Uh, there's a Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins
0: has been on. Randy Andy Jason did. Sklar, Andy Daly.
2: Moon Zappa. Uh, Moon
0: Zappa. Oh my Greg God. Barrett. Yeah. Some great uh, great types. I'm leaving on a bunch. Wow. Jerry Minor. Jerry Minor just did one. Yeah.
1: Gosh. Some good ones. Matt
0: Besser from the uh, yeah. Upright Citizens Brigade. <laughs> Some funny stories, mm-hmm. Lauren Weedman. Well, I can keep going, but and, I'm not going to. Go to iTunes and get it.
1: And, uh, and what about following you? Sort of drop act, your
0: script and do that. <laughs>
1: yeah, what you said about writing and finishing, forget it. just yeah. just, just, just listen turn to on L. your Cave. podcast. Um, great
0: stories, though. That's the thing. It's stories. Mm-hmm. It is stories, and that's what that's what all great screenplays have is a great story
1: what about it's um, on the page <laughs> thank you for saying sure. on the page over and over mm-hmm. again I really appreciate no it no problem um, the what page. about following you as an actor is there anything that you're going to be in or are on right now that people should, should I check did a out? voice on
0: our show that's coming out pretty soon I did the voice of uh, uh, yeah, a character named Quips who's oh, yeah. coming on the show <laughs> uh, he tells a lot of bad jokes <laughs> hence the name Quips uh, that's coming on the 1600 pen is coming on I don't know when it's going to air but I shot it last month maybe cool so that should be on in March maybe so
1: 1600 pen tune into the regular show show? and watch and you can see Matt Price's writing in action and also Quips the character
0: Quips will be on and
1: Mm -hmm. uh, very exciting follow Quips
0: at Quips (laughs) right (laughs) now the real Quips is it did you no no I didn't you should create that no (laughs)
1: <laughs> like he has, doesn't Just, have enough writing to do. And now he's got to write for I his gotta Twitter home, character. God, too. Yeah. I got
0: to look at my daughter's picture. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> got and a lot of picture looking to do.
1: Matt. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, you're doing a hundred things these days. What, what, what do you want to tell people about?
2: Uh, you can check out Never Not Funny, uh, the Jimmy Pardo podcast uh, at pardcast.com. We're in our 12th season. Mm. Um, what about some,
1: the download for for Is that out oh, there? Oh, yeah.
2: You can download the, the 13-hour live podcast. Uh, Webathon that we did in November with people like Conan O'Brien and John Hamm and Sarah Silverman. Um, that's at podcast.com as well. You can get the audio or the video or both um, if you want to consume it those ways. And um, Pat,
1: Pat, Francis, uh, Pat Francis, sometimes Coast. podcast producer for this too. Yeah. My, my husband.
2: He's, uh, he is the third chair and uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: And Matt Belknap in person because everybody. Knows your voice, <laughs> you but can, they haven't seen you the real deal. You can finally see
2: that I don't look like Brian Posehn, which is what everyone... When they hear me um podcast and then they meet me they're like oh i thought you were gonna look like
0: brian pussy oh really which is really i a, wouldn't have thought you compliment. looked like that sound
1: <laughs> when when we first start, started doing the podcast five years ago and and matt was on regularly i would get the occasional letter from a female listener like <laughs> hello what does matt bilknapp look like can you send me a picture <laughs> and you know what i would oh I, really yeah, what? yeah. yeah i never send your that. picture. Why? why that's crazy they wanted to know <laughs> <laughs>
2: They, they could use Google, there's some pictures on the internet. At the
1: time, you yeah. weren't as Who's? Googleable as you are now. You weren't yeah, the eye celebrity that you are now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't know how to find a picture of somebody on the internet? <laughs> I guess I was not. Uh, I didn't have the profile. But,
1: That's right. Um, yeah.
2: There's so some,
1: there's some ladies out there with Matt Bell's picture over their bed right now. Just, just, <laughs> just hold. That's that so shit. creepy. That's not weird. Yeah. That is totally. That is creepy.
2: not weird at all. <laughs> Super weird.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I took the
2: wind out of. I want. I was. You know. Now I don't want to plug anything
1: else. Oh else. come on! Come on! Come on! Come on, come on! No, um, no, no, how no, do was... people how do people follow you on Twitter? Why don't
2: you plug your calendar that you're putting out? <laughs> you're gonna be Yeah. It's all uh, firemen. It's
0: it's like I'm. Uh, you play all different firemen yeah. from yeah. different cities. states because yeah. they
2: all don't wear the same color. No different garb. <laughs> yeah, different color trucks. Different even. suspenders. Because you're a... shirtless in all of them. Right. Yeah. Sometimes there's a red truck. Sometimes it's like that turquoise. Sometimes that you have green. a Dalmatian. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I'm at <laughs> at Matt Belknap on Twitter, um, and and uh, at Never Not Funny is also on Twitter. And uh, my record label, AST Records, putting out a lot of good stuff. There's a new Paul F. Tompkins album because we haven't name checked Paul enough. Yeah, really. Um, so check out Laboring Under Delusions. That's Stick on that guy. iTunes and uh, ASTRecords.com.
1: Yeah, people don't know that you have a, a record company, so that's good. Yeah, they should know that. Yeah, you do a lot of like all the great comedy albums of the past ten years.
2: Uh, yeah, six. I'm just going to say that. But <laughs> the, the, before six years ago, maybe someone else was doing it.
1: I'm but. going with 10. Okay. Okay. Um, we also, I want to thank uh, Carolyn Cameron, who donated 50 bucks to Ooh. On the Page and did so at this time last year. Awesome. How awesome is that? Like, like a yearly donation. Yeah. I feel like NPR. It's great. <laughs> and Carolyn, thank bag. you so much. I've met her. <laughs> She's a really, really nice lady. And, um, and so you're paying Matt Belknap's fee today. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Um, so everybody, thank you for listening. Like I said, go to onthepage.tv. Check out everything going on, including more podcasts. Thank you, Matt Price. Thanks for having
0: me. This is really fun. Ooh.
1: Thank you, Matt Belknap. You're welcome. Thanks to all the other Matts out there. And <laughs> have a good writing week.